Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning into this podcast during this season of Lent. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this Palm Sunday as we begin our journey through Holy Week, the most significant period of the Christian year. It's wonderful that you can join us online for this service. We begin now with an opening prayer. Let us pray. Dear friends in Christ, During Lent, we have been preparing by works of love and self-sacrifice for the celebration of our Lord's death and resurrection. Today, we come together to begin this solemn celebration in union with the Church throughout the world. Christ enters his own city to complete his work as our Saviour, to suffer, to die, and to rise again. Let us go with him in faith and love, so that, united with him in his sufferings, we may share his risen life. Will you please stand and hold up your palm crosses? God, our Saviour, whose Son, Jesus Christ, entered Jerusalem as Messiah to suffer and to die, Let these palms be for us signs of his victory and grant that we who bear them in his name may ever hail him as our king and follow him in the way that leads to eternal life, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. We sing our processional hymn.
Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us then show our love for him by confessing our sins in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, Forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you. 
pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who in your tender love towards the human race sent your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ, to take upon him our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross. Grant that we may follow the example of his patience and humility and also be made partakers of his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him that is weary. Morning by morning he wakens, he wakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, I turned not backward. I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been confounded, therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Behold, all of them will wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them up. This is the word of the Lord.
reading from the letter to the Philippians. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. And when Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany, at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it, and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say this, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away, and found it as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their garments on the colt, they set Jesus upon it. And as he rode along, they spread their garments on the road. As he was now drawing near, at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven 
and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the multitude said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. The triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, which we celebrate today, is one of the most famous and most memorable incidents in the Gospels. And two things in particular stand out about the event. Firstly, as we all know, when the adoring crowd greet Jesus, they do so waving palm branches. And secondly, they greet Jesus with a very distinctive cry, a cry of Hosanna. That is what everybody knows happened on Palm Sunday. So just to see how carefully you were listening a few moments ago, in St Luke's Gospel, which is the version that we've just heard, did you spot the two unexpected omissions from the story. Firstly, there are no references anywhere to palm branches, or indeed to the waving of anything else for that matter. And secondly, although the crowd certainly greet Jesus with shouts of adulation, at no point do its members cry, Hosanna, how very odd. Each of the four evangelists, the gospel writers, gives us a slightly different take on the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, emphasising different truths about the story. And St Luke's version of the entry into Jerusalem is distinctive in several very interesting ways. To begin with, the crowd. All the other gospel writers give the impression that the crowd that, Jesus, that, that greeted Jesus was a real mixture of folk. Pilgrims attending the festival mingling with the general population and all of them caught up in the excitement of the arrival of Jesus. Luke, on the other hand, tells us that far from being a random collection of people, those hailing Jesus as their king were in fact a large gathering of Jesus's own disciples. He says this, as Jesus was now drawing near at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. And then to underline the point, Luke goes on to report that the Pharisees, looking on, say to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. To which Jesus replies, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Why does Luke, why does Luke do this? Because by changing the focus as he does from a large gathering of random people to a crowd made up specifically of disciples, he can highlight the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem as the culmination, the pinnacle of everything that has taken place in his ministry so far. The disciples are singing with joy, Luke tells us, for all the mighty works that they had seen. So the crowd of disciples are those who know the truth who know who Jesus really is because they have seen it with their own eyes. And so, instead of being a motley gathering of individuals who just happen to get caught up in the excitement without really knowing what is going on, for Luke, these are people who know precisely what they are doing when they proclaim Jesus as king. And what of the strange omission of both palm branches and cries of Hosanna in Luke's version. Rather than describing them waving palms, St Luke focuses instead 
on the fact that people spread their cloaks on the road before Jesus. This appears to be a direct allusion to an Old Testament theme, an incident in the second book of Kings where garments are laid under a new monarch when he is proclaimed king as a symbol of the people's submission to his royal authority. In other words, by majoring on this image, St. Luke highlights the theme of Jesus' kingship still further. And St. Luke's omission of the word Hosanna may simply be because Luke's readers were primarily those who knew little Hebrew or Aramaic, so he tends to avoid using words that would be unfamiliar to them when recounting the story of Christ. But it is also interesting to note what Luke's crowd shouts instead of Hosanna, because in his version, their cry is, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. A cry that calls to mind the song of the heavenly host to the shepherds on the Bethlehem hillside at the birth of Jesus. A story that features earlier in Luke's Gospel and again only in St Luke's Gospel. That angelic song at the birth of Jesus celebrated the coming of Christ into the world. This time the cry of celebration marks the coming of the Prince of Peace into his kingdom. But for me, the most striking thing of all about Luke's account of the entry into Jerusalem is what happens next, immediately after the gospel passage that we heard. And it's a saying that I was reflecting on a couple of Sundays ago in a slightly different context, because it is in Luke, and again, only in Luke, that we then read this. <clears throat> when Jesus drew near and saw the city, he wept over it and said, Would that even today you had known the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Jesus weeps for the holy city, the city where his destiny lies, a city that craves peace, but perversely that will greet the coming of the Prince of Peace by inflicting upon him torture and humiliation and death. Back in 2003, a film starring Julia Roberts went on general release that was called Mona Lisa Smile. And there's one scene in that film that had quite a profound effect upon me at the time. In case you haven't seen it, the story is set in the 1950s in a very exclusive but rather stuffy and conservative women's college in the United States. Two of the central characters are college girls called Betty and Giselle, who could not be more different. Betty is very beautiful, very arrogant and very full of herself and she has recently married a highly eligible young man with prospects whom she parades as the ultimate trophy. She has a wonderful new home with all modern conveniences and, confident that she has it all, she is scathing about any girl who might aspire to anything else. That is Betty. And Betty and her family despise Giselle not only because she is a much freer spirit, open to the whole range of possibilities that life might offer her, but also because she is Jewish. However, Giselle knows something that Betty does not, because Giselle has discovered, quite by chance, that Betty's wonderful trophy husband is being unfaithful to Betty. Betty's idyllic lifestyle is in fact nothing of the sort. It is an edifice built on sand. And at the heart of the film, there is an extraordinary scene in which the powerful, arrogant, super-confident Betty 
suddenly and with little provocation lays into Giselle with the most devastating and aggressive verbal abuse, some of it explicitly anti-Semitic. You can see from Giselle's face how appalled she is to be on the receiving end of such a tirade of sheer hatred. Surely this must be the moment when Giselle, who, remember, has the power to destroy Betty by revealing her husband's infidelity, surely this must be the moment when she finally retaliates. Betty's outpouring of hatred continues and suddenly Giselle lunges at her, one assumes in order to strike her, except that she doesn't. Far from striking Betty, which some people in Giselle's position would have felt like doing, I'm trying very hard not to think of Will Smith at the Oscars a couple of weeks ago, instead of that, Giselle takes the raging Betty in her arms and holds her. And in an instant, Betty's rage dissolves into tears and she clings to Giselle and she sobs, finally able to share what she has in fact already realized about the truth of her situation, but has been unable to face and saying of the husband she has so proudly and arrogantly paraded before all of her friends, he doesn't love me. What is astonishing about that scene is that despite being the victim of Betty's appalling tirade of hatred and abuse, Giselle can see beyond it to the frightened, lonely, desperate young woman that Betty really is. Which is why, instead of retaliating, she reaches out to her abuser in love and compassion. And in so doing, she not only dissolves Betty's rage, but she sets Betty free. And that is how the Prince of Peace works too. Not through meeting aggression with aggression, but by embracing those who do him actual harm. By meeting the worst and most appalling atrocities that his enemies can impose upon him with love and forgiveness. By seeing beyond the pain that they inflict to the hurt and the fear and the despair that they are feeling, which is the truth that sets them free, which is the truth that sets us all free. But that is a hard, hard road to follow, which is perhaps why it was that when he saw the city that was his destiny, Jesus wept. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. 
who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. The response to the bidding, Lord for the years, is, we give you thanks. Lord of the morning, on this Palm Sunday at the beginning of the journey towards the power of the cross and the victory of the resurrection, we ask you to hear the prayers we offer. We pray for Her Majesty the Queen and His Royal Highness the Prince of Wales, for Alison our Rector, Jeff, our associate priest, and for our family and friends, the special people you have given us who share in our laughter and tears. Watch over those who we do not often see and keep them safe. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Our thoughts turn to the victims and their families who are suffering as a result of recent devastating natural disasters and the continuing conflict in Ukraine. We entrust to you these times when suffering seems senseless, life so fragile. Bless us with the assurance that you are in all things, the tragic and the beautiful, the nightmare and the dream, the darkness and the light. We pray for our servicemen and women at home and abroad, and those working in the local and national media, especially all who risk their lives in lands far away. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. God of compassion, we bring before you all who are experiencing difficult times, those whose lives are shattered and broken, the homeless and their animals, when each day seems long and arduous, and the volunteers and care workers who provide shelter and food in an attempt to relieve hardship and restore dignity. Healing God, we ask you to touch those who are unwell, ease their pain and suffering in body, mind and spirit, and make them better. May your love through us reach those in need, and give them renewed hope for the future. God of the spirits, we remember before you those we have loved who have reached the end of their earthly journey and passed through time into eternity, where the clouds of earth's sorrow are lifted. May we who miss them gain comfort in the memories we cherish in our hearts. In a moment of quietness, we bring before you all known personally to us who are in need and those who have no one to pray for them. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Lord of the morning, during these uncertain times when we are feeling unsure and anxious, flowers still grow, birds still sing, and waves still sweep the shore. And with the rising and setting of the sun, the beauty of nature's chorus is a constant harmony that forever and always will be. Help us to keep this earth, your creation, safe from harm. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Once we were far off, but now in union with Christ Jesus, we have been brought near through the shedding of Christ's blood, for he is our peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which were earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, because for our salvation, he was obedient even to death on the cross. The tree of shame was made the tree of glory, and where life was lost, there life has been restored. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. 
who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of death. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your, holy, by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you humbled yourself in taking the form of a servant and in obedience died on the cross for our salvation. Give us the mind to follow you and to proclaim you as Lord and King, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Christ crucified draw you to himself to find in him a sure ground for faith, a firm support for hope, and the assurance of sins forgiven, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.